So you want to be a rock and roll star? Do you have the nerve to race against the best? We have a fine tradition here at the Flip Johnson Racing School. A tradition of losing drivers who ease up on the gas pedal just a little too early. Then kapow! They're out. That's right, not since Flip Johnson won the Indianapolis Super Cup back in 2911 have we had a winning ticket. What makes you think you'll win? You know who else will be racing against you? Criminals, machines, geniuses, and the Lizard Prince of Bogmire himself, Ray Dwart. Oh well, kid. You're in. We're counting on you. Good luck. You're gonna need it. Let the carnage begin! Welcome to Retrotopia, the retro gaming podcast that crosses borders. I am one of your hosts, Sam, and with me is the rip to my shred, Brian. Brian, how are you doing? Not too bad, buddy. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> so what's new with you there, Sam? Yeah, not too much. Uh, yesterday was, was Halloween, so if, you know whenever, whenever this goes live, uh, to put this into context... Uh, today is November 1st and uh, we had quite a bit of snow here uh, so it was, a, it was an interesting Halloween yeah, how about you Brian? Oh, we didn't have a bad one we, uh, we took my son around and he got so much candy that we actually had to take half of it away from him just because you know it was just an overwhelming amount like we've never had it like this before but his friend came over and the two of them just ran their fool little heads off and <laughs> they just had the best time in the world so it, w it was a good night and we've had some snow too but we've al also have warm days so we've lost all our snow up here in ottawa yeah i'm, I'm ready to lose it the snow that is uh so what have you been playing <laughs> oh me um well i've been playing this game uh, rock and roll racing to get ready for this night and uh of course there's ack razor and then there's super mario land 2 for uh something i'm doing with somebody else and other than that it's just uh spider-man 2 on the ps5 ps5 there it's, it's goddamn good i'll tell you that much I'm good yeah it's uh it's nothing beats just swinging around the city in new york as spider-man or miles morales one or the other and just taken in the scenery it is such a beautiful game yeah it does sound cool um yeah myself i've been playing uh the same aforementioned games uh rock and roll racing obviously which we're talking about today and i'm excited to get into uh act razor for a future episode it's been very fun so i'll, I'll save my thoughts on that one and you've played the uh new one yet you said you're i getting... did i did i did dabble in that a little bit and not sure. I'm not sure how I feel yet, but we'll see. We'll yeah, give it some well, time, obviously. I hope you enjoy it. Otherwise, we're going to have to break this partnership up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like the original, so at least I got that. Um, and then, uh, so so you went the, the Spider-Man 2 path, and I chose the uh, Super Mario Wonder uh, path. So. Yeah, I've been wondering about, well, <laughs> I've been wondering about that, but... No, I have a voucher left on my Switch there, and I've been asking people how they like it, and everybody said they loved it, so... Yeah, it's so far... Yeah. Yeah, once I'm done with Spider-Man, I'll probably uh, pick that up. Yeah, it's it's been good. So far, it's good. It's very... It's a little different, but it's it's fun. It's real... You'll see. Yeah, it's it's just different enough to be 
real interesting, but it's still like compared I'm glad to the, the new Super Mario Brothers Wii U version or whatever it was. Yeah, kind of, but but different. I mean, it's but different. I, I'm I'm lacking the words to say because I'm so razor focused on uh, on rock and roll racing here. <laughs> is it wonderful? I like. Yeah, it is wonderful. <laughs> um, All right, let's. Uh, yeah, let's stop can, this before I break you. We can. Yeah, we can. We can move on. Uh, so if you're if you're listening in the future, uh, you can find us on social media on Twitter or X if you prefer, um, or on neither if you don't prefer because we're on all the the podcasting uh, platforms. So uh, working on getting the show out there and yeah, fingers uh, crossed it's working. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's hope so. Um, yeah. So without further ado, let's let's start the show, huh? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So. Um, Obviously, we're here to talk about rock and roll racing, like we mentioned. A uh, game that was originally, um, I always thought of this as a Sega uh, game because uh, I had a Sega. See, I never uh, knew it was on Sega until basically tonight. I always thought it was like a Super Nintendo exclusive. That's how little I was a Genesis kid. Right. And <laughs> the opposite for me, I was like, well, that's a Sega game. It was never on, uh, on the uh, Super Nintendo. But it did release first on the Super Nintendo, uh, June 4th, 1993 was the original release date in North America. Um, it is a, obviously the, uh, genres and the title, it is a racing game. I, I call it a, like a combat racer. Um, Makes sense. and then it, it released on the Sega Genesis and then also in Europe in 1994. I don't have an exact, uh, date for that. It just said 1994. So yeah, it's all I found too for it was yeah. 1994. So we got it a year later. Uh, it was, uh, ported over to the GBA, or the Game Boy Advance in 2003. And then finally over to modern consoles with um, a, a really nice remaster on the Blizzard Arcade Collection in 2021. So that includes uh, your PlayStation 4, Xbox, Steam, Switch, everything. So yeah, it's, it's out there. Good everywhere. stuff nowadays. I, one thing I found interesting is uh, the developers, uh, Silicon and Synapsis there, ended up becoming Blizzard later on in their uh cycle yeah isn't that cool i have that later in my in my notes so it's like nope, i'm ruining it for oh you. no 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 we'll, <laughs> we'll get there but yeah yeah they did they um they went through a couple of iterations before they came to be known as as the blizzard we all know and love today but the, yeah the, uh, microsoft company yes silicon silicon and syn- synapse I, I believe it was yeah yeah not silicone snaps not silicone silicon that's different that's <laughs> yes, silly cone um so let's let's get into the plot um now this i mean we we're talking about retro games here and i implore everyone who plays a retro game um all of those manuals scans of the manuals are available with a quick google search and it just has so much good information in there whether it is about gameplay strategies um fun little like flavor text for you know different characters and backstory and it was all in there like the manuals were really and this is a game that i rented as a kid so i really didn't even get a chance to um usually like the the game manual was gone on a rental yeah, so you're the same for you as if you rented it you either got the photocopied game manual that you couldn't read or just nothing oh we should be so lucky no no they were just gone <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. So, um, but this one, this one has some really cool stuff in it. So, um, I pulled these, these little plot points from the introduction to the game and they go as far as to say that the first automobile race was held in France in 1894. 
Um, so they're really like encompassing the whole of, of automobile racing history. Yeah, and I think that was like an actual real history part. And it's like real history up into a point. Right. And then it becomes, um, yeah, the, the story of the game. So, so this is where, this is where it diverges a little bit. Um, mankind discovered intelligent life on Bogmire in 2833 and the Saurians who live on, on Bogmire started racing with souped up cars to rock and roll music. It says, uh, course, and then as is tradition, right? As, yeah, as is, as is tradition. Uh, and then the rock and roll racing commission was formed. Uh, and then there's a bit of a time gap. Uh, the first race was held in 2911, one millennium after the Indy 500 began, which I thought was pretty funny. Cause if you, if you go a thousand years before that, I guess the first Indy, uh, 500 was run in 1911. So, uh, or yeah, that would be. 1911 to 2911. That's one, one millennium. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and Flip Johnson from Terra, which I'm assuming is, is earth won the first cup. And now rock and roll racing is the most watched sport in the universe with 7.8 billion people watching on 17 planets. The, which, the funny part about this is when the game was out, there wasn't 7 billion people on uh, the planet earth. So this made it yeah. sound like, Oh my God. Now well, there's that's like so many people. <laughs> So it's just like not even the whole planet's watching it. Yeah, more people watch the World Cup just like on (laughs) Earth than watch rock and roll racing, and it's supposed to be the most popular sport in the universe. (laughs) We've got to bump those numbers up. Yeah. Um, All right. So that that's the plot. Uh, There's some other uh, other interesting things about it too. Is um, this game's actually a sequel to RPM Racing? Is it really? It is, yeah. Like, I'm uh, looking at the wiki here, and RPM Racing on the Super Nintendo came out a little bit before this, and then the Interplay marketing team, when this was going to be RPM Racing 2, decided to add the uh, the rock music to it and then rebranded as Rock and Roll Racing. So, Well, I'm glad they did, because uh, <laughs> we can get into that. Um, do you have anything else on plot before we move into characters? Because the, uh, the characters yeah, are... Um, no, no, just if you're wondering what a manual was like back in 1992 or 1993, that introduction to this podcast was ripped right from the manual, the first paragraph. Yeah, isn't so it great? <laughs> it was a, uh, it was a golden age of uh, game manuals. Yeah, I wish we still had them these days, <laughs> and and like players' guides too. Now all that stuff is just built into the game. So. Yeah, my brother gave me some old jewel cases for some uh, PlayStation games. I gave him, and I opened them up, and there was like the the crisp manuals in there and oh. I started thumbing through them today. It was, it was very nostalgic as I sat on the toilet doing my old thing before <laughs> cell phones. Well, yeah, the, uh, you know, the, uh, this is a little off topic. We'll get back on topic in a second here, but that my favorite manual from the PlayStation was the, the metal gear solid, uh, manual had so much cool, like backstory and information in it. It's oh, just, yeah. it's kind of like, kind of like what I found looking through this one. Um, so read your manuals. We're going to yeah, say that every episode. If you have them, read them. Like nowadays you get absolutely nothing. And yeah. They shove all the stuff that should be in the manual inside some stupid tutorial level that you have to play after you learn how to play the game. So. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not the characters. Yeah. Let's talk about the characters. Speaking of the manual, um, you can find the characters in the manual. Uh, you can also find them in the game. There are six playable characters um, and each of them have their own attributes. So like you'll scroll through the characters and you'll see, um, that I think they all play the same except for two attributes. So there'll be one that has um, plus top speed or plus cornering 
or plus acceleration, or I think jump was a, st- um, a stat because some of the cars can like jump. Uh, yeah, and then there was cornering as well. Yeah, cornering. Yeah, so each character has a different combination of two of those. Um, Most of the characters, actually, one of the characters I believe has three bu- uh, three buffs. What? Which one? Um, <laughs> oh, it's Olaf. Actually, um, Olaf from the Lost Vikings was a hidden character in the game. You had to put in a code. Oh shit! Yeah, and he had uh, three buffs. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's well. We'll go into like some of the other like other Blizzard stuff uh, a little later on in the episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that are in there, but like that's that's another thing that you can add to the pile because this is chock full of cool stuff. Oh yeah, we're we're gonna veer off topic every so often. Oh, Karen. that's all right. It's always gonna be me. I'm always yeah. dragging you down. <laughs> so uh, here's here's the six playable characters, the base characters. Uh, you've got Snake Sanders, who's like your typical. Uh, human male character and he's from Terra, which uh, again i'm assuming is earth why can't they just call it earth why why does like sci-fi always call earth Terra? because it sounds so much cooler dude i get it but it means the same <laughs> thing it's dirt yeah i know but it's not if you if it's earth then it's like that's boring that's <laughs> like i already call it earth. to it and next thing you know everybody's gonna rock and roll race yeah it's like i call it earth already and i still don't have a spaceship so yeah, might right, as well call it this is probably the reason vin diesel made all those stupid movies <laughs> um all right and then the next after snake we've got Cyberhawk, who is a uh i guess uh what what i can only assume as a man turned into like a cyborg racer from the um, planet sir tempest sir temp serpentis 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 yeah and uh yeah so he's he's a pretty cool looking character and then you've got um ivan ziffer ivan ziffer but when when he's when you're like driving through they they just call him ivan uh and he's like a dog-like alien from a planet called flegal and uh he looks a lot like a chewbacca i'm telling you <laughs> what Chewie did after star wars yeah he's yeah no it's his cousin he just <laughs> um and choppy yeah or um what was it oh shit there's a uh, well that's there's, right like, you're the little... star wars guy you actually know all this stuff yeah no there is a uh... oh man this is gonna bother me i'll, I'll think of it later there's oh, like a burn a hole right in the back of your brain there... and then we're gonna have to re-record this whole episode so yeah the whole thing's in. like I'll, I'll think of it tomorrow i'll be like damn it Let's do the whole thing over again. No, Check there's like the floor thumbing through all your books. There's like some, there's some like stupid little, like it's called like itchy or something. in the, <laughs> in the holiday special, it's like a little kid Chewbacca anyways. Um, all right. And then uh, next we have Katarina Lyons, who is a cat lady from Panteros five. Not to be confused with Panteros four. Right. Or Pantera. Which would actually be a good addition to this game. That would, that would have been a great Easter egg. A little bit of Thundercats there. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, I'm at the band Pantera. It's rock and roll racing. Oh, maybe I'm thinking <laughs> wrong. I'm pretty sure Pantera is one of the Thundercats. Yeah, I think he is. He's like the, the blue one, I think. Um. Anyways, and then the next one is uh, Jake, Bad- <laughs> Jake Badlands, who's a street gang member from Xeno Prime. And he's got like the, the big mohawk, which... Uh, I think is a, a kind of a blizzard trope that we'll, we'll add, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about later in the, oh, in you that gotta section. have the Mohawk. Gotta have a cool Mohawk. 
Uh, and then the last regular playable character that, that you didn't have to enter any codes in for was Tarquin, who is very elf-like. Elf He's very elf-looking. Uh, Lord of the Rings and, in space. Yeah, basically. And, and his bio says he is from the planet Aurora and a starship captain, or maybe former starship captain, since now he's apparently racing. It still can be. I mean, the race can't last all year. It's not an F1 season. Yeah, why not both? Maybe he maybe he hops in the ship to take you planet to planet, and he's actually yeah, You captain. never know. Like He beats your ass, and then he takes you to the next planet to beat your ass again. Yeah. <laughs> Shanghai on the uh, to the next planet. <laughs> yeah, although these are the heroes, aren't they? So uh, they're the not the ones you really race against all the time. They're just kind of like the extra characters because so, right, every planet has like um, a golden racer, I guess you can call it, like a dude that yeah, basically is your main opponent on the planet. If I remember correctly, oh, yeah, that's like, something about that here. That's a good segue to our, our notable enemies or our little enemy section here. Um, so I, I split up the characters uh, into two sections because you had your playable characters, your six there. And then you also have, um, looks like about six or seven um, enemy characters. So just a real quick preface, each um, planet, uh, you start out on a planet and it's a circuit of between, I think, like eight and ten races. Um, some of the planets have eight, uh, and then as you progress in the game, uh, I think they mostly have 10. Uh, and then in order to progress to the next planet, you have to win enough points in that circuit in order to advance. And so you get 400 for a first place, 200 for a second, 100 for a third, zero for fourth, and so on. Yeah, and there's and four if you racers. don't win after you complete all the races, you don't carry the points over when you restart it actually drops you to zero so you have to yeah you have to win by the 10 races otherwise you're just kind of screwed and you're starting all over yeah yeah basically like the the way it happens it happened to me today uh because <laughs> um i was playing on one of the higher difficulties and i and i got to a point where i was <laughs> i was struggling a bit um so and it's nice it doesn't just like game over you know you're you know, pretty much SOL, you got to start from scratch. It, it'll just say, well, the ship's leaving without you. And then you just start that circuit over again, which is kind of nice. Um, kind of just lets you play through it until, you know, you either get good enough to get through those races or, you know, you things just kind of bounce right. Your CRT TV. Right. Embed that controller right in there. Actually, if you throw a Sega controller, it'll just boomerang back at you and hit you in the oh, face. Of course, yes. That's why it's um, so deadly. That's why you don't see a lot of Sega kids anymore because of the deaths. Yeah, we all we all hit ourselves uh, in the face <laughs> with the uh, with the controller. Um, all right, uh, let's talk about these enemies real quick here. Um, so we'll start out with the with the basics. Uh, Rip and Shred. Uh, these are twin brothers, and they're kind of the generic baddies. So you'll see Rip and Shred show up a bunch uh, as just kind of extra racers. I think you do see some of the um, main characters as well. Um, but rip and shred are, are usually hanging around in there too. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, do you have something? Sorry. No, no, I'm just, uh, I'm just agreeing with you. Give me some backup here. Um, and then these next, uh, these next six are, or is it seven? I think that's seven. Um, these are the ones that, um, are the, like what you said, the golden racer in each one. So th this is the guy, uh, that you're going up against. And unfortunately, I don't think there's any gals. Um, all dudes. So the first one is... It was a crazy time. Yeah. <laughs> so the first one is Viper McKay, and he's like a, a military-type-looking um, 
Captain Falcon looking character. That's kind of what I what I see when I look at uh, a picture of Viper McKay. He looks kind of like a or like a Judge Dread type. Um, so he's the first one. Um, then you you progress to the next planet and you get Grinder X19, who's kind of a cool looking uh, robot. He's he looks like to me a cross between uh, like an alien xenomorph and Terminator. If you can make that. Uh, if you th- that movie reference uh, hits with anyone, if you can make that kind of combination in your head, uh, Grinder X19, he's he's pretty neat. Um, and then we've got Rage Wart, who is a Saurian prince. So if you remember in, in the intro when we were talking plot, um, the Saurians were like the the race, the alien race that invented rock and roll racing because yeah, they like to soup up they their car. flipped Johnson, beat them, and. And this dude here, Rage Ward, like, was all pissed off. So Ray, uh, Flip Johnson was never allowed to race again. So it's kind of a dick move. Yep. So you gotta you gotta get in there and beat him to yeah, avenge. That's what makes him the bad of bad guys. Yeah. You gotta go and avenge uh, good old Flip Johnson there. Um, and then we've got. This is getting to the point where, uh, in my recent playthroughs, I did not get this far. <laughs> Because if you play it on the novice mode, I think you only get like the first three or four circuits and then the game kind of ends and says, um, play at a higher difficulty. Yeah. I tried one racing veteran. I got my ass so handed to me that I just, I rage quit and then I just (laughs) haven't gone back. It gets really difficult. Um, So, so these are like kind of the extras here um, in the higher difficulty tiers. You've got Roadkill Kelly, who's a, a cyborg man and either a criminal or an ex-criminal. I think it says you're racing on like a prison planet when you're uh, going up against Roadkill Kelly. Um, And we got Butcher Icebone, who is kind of your generic like Icebone. (laughs) <laughs> yeah icebone what's your icebone so he's like your generic kind of like big old uh cold guy like ice dude with parka uh, yeah, i would say typical canadian <laughs> right <laughs> we all just kind of we're born with parkas on with the big fuzzy hoods yeah um you come out with it on um and then Candies. the last yeah <laughs> <laughs> the last one is jb slash and he's uh He's kind of cool looking. He's like a weird looking hammerhead shark type alien. So um, those are those are your cast of of enemies. And man, if you can get through all of them, uh, you're pretty. Yeah, kudos to you. I mean, pretty damn. Shouldn't be listening to this podcast because you've already beat everything. It's right. It's not worth your time anymore. Better than us. Stop rubbing it in our face. Um. Anything else on characters uh, or enemies? No, no. Uh, just the only thing I remember is like Rip and Shredder, the two extra guys that are on the track. And if you're yeah. playing in two player mode, you lose either Rip or Shred. I think it's random. Yeah. So it's a, yeah. Other than that, you always have like the other seven are always there depending on what planet you're on. Yeah. They just kind of cycle through, I think. Um, you mean the, the other playable characters? Cause they'll just kind of show up Yeah, uh, from time to time. Um, all right. Yeah. yeah so let's this into- game, like, yeah. I think the biggest thing about this game is you called it combat racing at the beginning. So, right. Like, how would you describe combat racing? Uh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that in game. Well, we've got gameplay and controls here and I've got that as a, as part of my notes here. So, um, 
first uh first off like the controls for the courses are are like an, a top-down isometric and so like if you've played um rc pro-am or micro machines or or basically any old 8 or 16-bit racing game um the d-pad turns you the right d-pad turns you left and the left d-pad turns you right so on and so forth yeah, you always um, have to know which way the front of your car is in yeah i don't know it, it works really well if you can get your brain wrapped around it yeah it's kind of a muscle memory thing because I, yeah. I i found myself getting used to it again uh playing through it a little yeah, it bit it took like a couple of tracks there to remember that if you know you're facing the wrong way and you push right you're gonna turn into the wall and you just had to kind of yeah wrap your head around uh how to turn and as soon as you figured it out it just became second nature again it's one of those things where um, if you're not thinking about it, you almost do it better. And then as soon as you start to think about it, uh, your brain just like flips and. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Start goofing it up. Um, but yeah. Okay. So to answer your question, why, why do I consider it combat racing? Um, so the cars have weapons. Uh, all of them do. Uh, some of them have different ones and some of them are better than others. Uh, so your, your basic cars uh, that you start with, um, have a like a laser cannon. I think you can upgrade it and you can buy extra charges for it. So um, whenever you start the race or or cross the starting line again to start a new lap, you you reload all of your charges. Right. Um, so those, uh, in addition to the laser cannons, you have uh, some of the cars have missiles, which are way better than the laser cannons. Um, and then you've got um, stuff that you can drop behind you. Um, the basic one is spikes, which just kind of very slightly tilt your car in the direction you don't want to go in. You don't do yeah, like it's a like full popping a tire for two seconds. Yeah, it just kind of changes your direction um, in a way that isn't convenient. It's like a mild inconvenience, unless there's like a bunch of spikes in a row, um, because when you hit them, each one will turn you a little bit, and then all of a sudden you're like facing the wall. <laughs> yeah, and that's like you can't turn when you're in that slide either, so you just kind of have to hope to hell you have enough room before you crash into a wall. Right. Or when you do get grip, you have to turn back real quick, otherwise you're just driving in the direction you're going, which is usually a wall. Right. Yeah, I I found that those would those were the worst to uh, to run into like right before a turn. Those would really screw me up. Um, and then some of them are mines, which you drive over it, it blows up. Um, they do, they do damage. Uh, yeah. Bad news. Take so many hits, your car blows up. Right. And then so um, you have that. And then uh, in addition to the weapons, each car has either a boost, like a, like a rocket boost or a nitro boost or a jump ability. Um, I thought the jump ability sucked and I never used it unless yeah, it was an accident. Okay, so it's not just me, like... Yeah, no. you can jump a mine, but who fucking cares? I can go fast. Yeah, you can go. F like, if you use the jump, it slows you down so much, it's not even worth it. And the only time I found that I was ever jumping was when I hit the button on accident, and I would usually jump off the course. <laughs> yeah, that puts you back there, and it's... Right. No, I, I as soon as I figured out there was no jump on the airblade, like one of the cars there, I, uh, I never went back. Like, the jump is just absolutely useless. Um. Hold on. I, I lost my spot, but I wanted to talk about, um, yeah, as long as we're, I, I have my, I have my notes in a certain way, but I think there's something down here that makes a little bit more sense to talk about. So I want to skip ahead just a second and go back. But, um, so the object is to win races, 
um, obviously win races because it's a racing game. And um, you are not um, penalized for blowing up. You just, no, just I mean, you are down. the only, yeah, it just slows you down. So it's not like you blow up and you can't finish the race. So it's, it really, it really encourages um, for you to use your weapons because you get a bonus. I don't think um, the dog is happy with your opinion no, of the game right now. Like it. <laughs> Hold on. This but yeah, it's um, this is great podcasting. We got we got the, uh, the peanut gallery over here chiming in. Oh yeah, why not? Like yeah, uh, you throw on an extra character for free, right? Right. But, um, uh, yeah, yeah so you're talking about like uh, the blowing up stuff, and there's also the yeah. hazards on the tracks that uh, fuck you up too. Oh, those are the. And when you when you get into those higher difficulties, you have like oil slicks, um, this green goo that's kind of. Um, I hated the green goo. The green yeah, the goo green is probably the most down. annoying. It might be the only reason the jump is useful. Yeah, it actually really messes up your turn because it's like, even if it's even if it's in a spot where it's like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna deal with the uh, I'm gonna deal with the green goo and just go through it. It'll screw you up so much that I'm usually turning too early and then I end up in the wall. Yeah, exactly. And oh god, every time I tried to avoid it too, I would drive through it. Right. Like I don't know what it was about it. It's just like I was drawn to it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I oh god, if I hate anything in this game, it is that green goo. The green goo. Um. All right. So let's. Oh, and then in addition to the okay to go back. Sorry, uh, I'm all over the place now that we had our little uh, little barking fest over here. Um. Sorry, listeners. Uh, you'll probably hear those two every now and then, my beagles. Um, so the abilities uh, of your car can be upgraded. So all of the aforementioned laser cannons, missiles, spikes, mines, all that stuff, you can upgrade those. Um, but you can also upgrade all of the other specs on the car. So your engine, shocks, tires, armor plating, all of that kind of stuff. And, and, that, yeah, and it that becomes be important useful. in the veteran mode. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Nothing um, like a car that can take one missile. Right. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Amateur hour. Yeah. Like you get hit with one of the missiles and then your car starts smoking right away. It's like, oh, and then you're just praying that there is a health box that's near enough that you can grab it before you get. Yeah. And then, up. of course, you have to be able to slide and you know get that line there. Even though the tracks like usually have like a grid on them, I still yeah. had a hard time lining myself up to get all these like uh bonuses on yeah the track. Sometimes, sometimes it's tricky like especially if it's right around um like there's little little humps and jumps and stuff you think like an excite bike course has has those little ramps and stuff that you kind of jump off of yeah those can really screw up your your i guess depth perception of of where your where your car is at yeah and it, it always felt like where it looked like the money or the uh armor repair was was not actually where it was i thought i was lined up and i'd just drive right by it yeah it's like whiff it's like uh it's like when lucy pulls the the football from charlie yeah, pretty Brown. much yeah especially when you're smoking there and like you're on your last leg and there's a guy behind you close enough to missile you once you cross the finish line there and you're just like fuck yeah you're like damn it damn it damn it damn it damn, 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 damn. and there goes the <laughs> controller again across the room yeah <laughs> just uncontrollable rage uh, should we talk about the cars quick here? Because I yeah, think we yeah, talked about all the abilities, but there's actually there's actually five different vehicles um, 
that are pretty cool. And I think there's, you can pick. So when you get in at first, you get to pick your car. You can only pick the two of the, two of the cars are affordable with the amount of money. You start with 20,000. They gave you like a pittance. Yes. Um, but it's kind of cool because you go through and, and it shows the three cars and you can pick paint colors and stuff. So, you know, a little bit of customization, I guess. Um, so the, the first two that you can afford are the Dirt Devil, which looks like a, like a VW Beetle, but like a monster truck version. Um, it's a good all-purpose car. It has that jump ability that we talked about. Useless jump ability. Yeah. And then the Marauder, um, which has like a, it's, it's like a car with a hood scoop. So like, if you think, I don't know, I don't know my cars that well, but like, I guess like a, like a Trans Am or something with like a hood <laughs> scoop or something. I don't know. It just looks like a, like a generic 79 Pinto. Right. It's just like a kind of a generic car looking car, like a uh, cool it's car. It's just but... like a, it's a Hot Wheels car. Yeah, it's like a Hot Wheels car with a hood scoop. So you got the big engine sticking out of the yeah, front. The hood and... scoop makes it go faster. Right. I don't know the logic behind that statement, but I'm just pretending. Yeah, it, it does. It does. Especially if it's in red. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. A red car is automatically faster. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so those are the first two that you can afford with your pittance of, of 20000 sprinkling um, of uh, here's some fun money. Right. Um. The other car that's available and kind of is enticing is the Airblade, which is uh, has better weapons. It has those rockets we we're talking about. It has boosters, um, and then it's got this like cool like it's like triangular shaped yeah, and it's spaceship fit. looking. Yeah, this or is like, the one you told me to actually uh, save up my money for because uh, you're watching me play and yeah, I, I was just dumping all my money into the Marauder there, and you're just like, no, dude, just save up for the Airblade. And as soon as I did, it was just night and day with uh, driving. Yeah. Like, it's worth not spending a dime on those first two. Right. Um, and then further on in the game, so, like, if you were to play it on the rookie mode, you can you can access those three cars. If you're playing through Veteran and you get into, like, some of the later, uh, the later circuits, the battle track becomes available. Um and I did not get it this playthrough because I am not so good at it anymore. But when I used to play it, um, the battle track is awesome. It's like a little tank. Um, so it's got extra traction. It really takes the turns nice. Um, it has missiles and boost. So it's like the air blade, but better handling. Um, and I think it's a little tougher too. Yeah. And it, uh, with the turn there and the boost, like you could, uh, really actually get a good, lead on your opponents just simply by making the nice tight turn and then firing the boosters and going on. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't squeal around the corners. Like the, the first three cars, it yeah, really hugs was, the turns. That was the best part about the battle track. Yep. I love that battle track. And I don't think I ever got this one, but it is there. Um, if you thought the battle track was cool, there's the havoc. Um, and that is basically just a hovercraft and it has the missiles and the boost. So it's got a little better, you know, upgrades, but then it hovers over the oil and the mines. And that's a huge thing, right? It, yeah. Uh, I think I got this when I was young, like when I was playing this back when I was a kid, I believe yeah. I got the havoc once, but maybe I just watched a video or something and then, you know, imposed it into my memories as a kid. And just to make me feel better from all the, video games I wasn't able to play when I was young. Just roll with it. You know, yeah, exactly. that, you that's know. your, that's your memory. Just keep it. You yeah. know what? That's lore now. That's, yeah. Like, uh, that's canon. 
I got the havoc, and I'm not going to say, or I'm not going to let anybody tell me otherwise. Uh, so, kind of the interesting thing about the uh, the different cars and and the way that you can upgrade them is is kind of like we alluded to before. You can either choose to use your money kind of as you earn it and buy the upgrades for the base car, or you can choose to kind of try to tough it out as as much as you can with the base car with no upgrades and then buy a better car um, and then upgrade that one. Uh, so there's, there's arguments to be made either way. Uh, there was one playthrough I did where I just like kept the dirt devil and I just loaded up the dirt devil and it was fine, but you know, it's I not think the it hits a peak at a point. I don't think you can actually beat the game with the first two cars. Yeah, it gets real tough. <laughs> and there's uh, something I was reading today was actually pretty interesting about this. Like the money you get, if you get over a million dollars and then you take the code to uh, quote unquote save your game, the one you have to put in to uh, carry on your progress. So say you had like one million, two thousand dollars. Right. That code only goes up to nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. No. So if you started the game again, it would get rid of the one million, and you'd only have two thousand bucks. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah. That, so that was, you, you'd basically have to just buy something to get yourself. Yeah, you got to keep it under a million there. Oh, but the first Otherwise, time you lose all that money if you take oh, a break. The first time it happened, I would just like never play the game ever again. Oh, there's somebody out there that did that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> again, a controller across the room. Um, I think we touched on some of these things, uh, that I have next, but we can, um, just in case we can run through them real quick. Um, we talked about the oil slicks and the green goo and all the hazards. Um, Stupid green goo. when you go, when you go from rookie to veteran or veteran to, I think warrior is like the highest, uh, difficulty. I mean, that course is just littered with like, there's not anywhere you can go that doesn't have some sort of hazard on it. Yeah, and if you miss a hazard by accident, it's okay because somebody's already fired three missiles up your ass. Yeah, it's like you go to avoid something and then you just get pelted with missiles or something. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I I did not enjoy veteran at all. Like I figured a little bit of time on the uh, rookie level there would get me some experience and I would be competitive, but not even close. I did okay. I think if I were to play it some more, I would. Um, I would get a little better at it again, but, but this time around just, you know, replaying it quick for this, uh, for the notes and stuff. I couldn't do it. Yeah, <laughs> like I got to like the third, maybe the third circuit. And that was it. Yeah. I just, I, I no. <laughs> after this, I probably won't ever play this game again. <laughs> I don't hate it, but it's just not the same as when I was a kid. Yeah. Not, not one that, not one that aged well for you. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, we talked about, uh, well, we did talk about a little bit. There's bonuses that you can pick up on the course, which are very useful. Um, the, uh, the cash bonuses, um, I would always try if I could to try to pick up a couple of those cause it adds to your winnings like immediately. And then, um, health you need. So like if you're, if you got hit with a missile or you hit a mine or something and your, your car is smoking, you got to yeah, try to, it's find also good health. to take it away from your opponents too. Cause they'll actually benefit from the health packs as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they don't, I, to my knowledge, they don't benefit from the money, but they can pick it up, which I think sucks. Yeah. And it just kind of <laughs> screws you over. Yeah. It's like, you can't use that, but I can. Yeah, exactly. Fuck you. Dude. Um, one yeah. note I had here. That's kind of a criticism, I guess, is that the, the courses themselves tend to be recycled. Um, all the time, yeah. The configurations, and I think they are they are randomized. Um, but it's like 
you got 10 I mean, it's an it's an isometric game so you can only do so much with basically like kind of a square grid and yeah, uh, they're short as well right yeah they're pretty short and you've got um eight to ten courses per circuit so there's going to be a little bit of recycling there but as you go through the game there's more more variety to it and some of them get a little more complex where there's like some figure eights and some loops um where you have to like kind of go around um like a little like a little ramp and then up and you can jump over part of the course where you can see like the other cars coming underneath when you jump over which i think is really cool so yeah it it does get better but that first um that first one is like it's a lot of squares yeah it (laughs) is and um the different planets have different like track i guess graphics so the first one like i said Mm -hmm. is very grid pattern based and then you get the ice world which is you know you have icy roads so forth and so on yeah i liked the one that was like really uh it was really like dark and in like hr giger like alien looking uh i think that's the i think that's the x19 uh is that that guy's name um uh grinder x19 yeah that's his planet his planet's pretty cool yeah, that was uh, for a 16 bit game. I mean, graphically, it was pretty good, but it was very simple, too. So, I mean, racing games, you could make the car look like anything as long as you could uh, di- like distinguish four wheels, and then it could just be like a piece of poop r- driving around and everybody yeah. would throw their imagination on it. Well, I actually saw like it, we're getting a little ahead because graphics are coming up, but like just as long as we're on the topic and we can, we can talk controls quick next but um you could even see like when you turn um if you notice the the front wheels did actually turn when oh, the car they? turned i it never wasn't. noticed like I yeah i wasn't paying attention trying not to drive into the wall yeah i thought they did i mean maybe i'm maybe i'm misremembering but like it it did not just look like a like a boxy you know like pixel sprite that just is like you know turning yeah yeah it actually it, oh, it makes sense. Turn. I mean, like they can add a little bit of animation to the pixels. Otherwise, Mario would just be a block moving across the screen. Yeah, I just I thought it looked good on the cars. It was it was pretty cool. Uh, what'd you think of the controls? Uh, they were good. They were responsive, but they you know you had to learn the car itself. So there was a lot of sliding, and then you know you hit the different uh, hazards like the oil. The oil doesn't spin you. It just, again, like those little spikes, those first two little spikes, it turns your car sideways and you slide for a little bit. Yeah. Um, the goo slowed you down. Again, screw the goo. Yeah, the goo is the worst. Uh, screw the goo in almost any game because I hate that. Well, I don't hate it, I guess, depending on the game, but just being slowed down and I'm making progress just drives me. Yeah. yeah. No, but other than that, like I had no problem with the controls at all in this game. It was actually yeah, very well done. Yeah, they're really smooth. Um, and once you reacclimate yourself or acclimate yourself, if you've never played a game like this before, to that top-down steering scheme, um, then the only like the real difficulty just comes from the, the racing itself. Is you know dealing with the other racers, dealing with all the hazards and all that stuff. So yeah, uh, yeah, good controls. Uh, anything else there? Do you want to you want to talk graphics and animations? Oh, I'm ready to move on. Yeah, let's get into it. Um, well, we, we talked about it. They, they look excellent. Um, uh, you know, and we talked about the planets a little bit, how they each have a, a distinct look. And, uh, and this was a pre blizzard game. So it's, a uh, blizzard owns it now, which we'll talk about. Like we talked about, uh, Silicon, uh, 
what was the other Synapse. Sil silicon synapse that's right um so there are style elements that look really similar to other blizzard games that came later in the 90s and and were being released concurrently in the 90s like we talked about lost vikings just a little bit um and for me as a kid who just i love I loved Warcraft too. Uh, we had that on the computer and Starcraft and I would just like sit and obsessively go through that Warcraft two game manual and read all about all the different backstory and the clans and stuff and all the artwork that was in there really is, is very similar to um, what you see in rock and roll racing. So um, stuff like uh, the big, huge grins, um, big, like exaggerated, like cleft chins for for men and uh like a lot of mohawks uh, a lot of those characters have those big wild like pink or green or red mohawks uh like uh rip and shred and uh yeah, that, that was the style at the time for badass or yeah if you're <laughs> yeah look no further than like streets of rage i think you know wasn't there a one of those characters had a, had a big old mohawk was the age of the Mohawk being like the, the punkest thing you could do. Oh yeah. That, that was pure rebellion. You knew the guy was bad if he had a Mohawk. Yeah, absolutely. So I have, uh, I have a few specific examples of, of like the stuff that I noticed going through it again, um, that were the, the blizzard, uh, the blizzard look, um, rip and shred, uh, look really similar to the troll ax thrower from Warcraft two. I, I picked that up right away. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, Tarquin, the one of those playable characters, looks like an elven archer or ranger, also from Warcraft Two. So the designs uh, are reused later on. Yeah, it's either it's either they just flat out reuse some of the designs, or just that's someone's art style that that was that was really instrumental in designing these characters. Well, that, that makes sense. Like, uh, yeah, it's very common in the video game industry to kind of make characters that end up looking like older uh, characters you designed right it's like um it's like a beatles song you know it's 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 a beatles song because it sounds like a beatles song like you know yeah, this is a blizzard a game screeching lady in the background and later stuff <laughs> <laughs> shut up yoko <laughs> well uh <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just I had a couple more of these that I noticed before we move on. Um, so the ship that the ship that transports you to the next planet when you move to the next circuit looks like the Terran battlecruiser from Starcraft. I thought that was pretty neat. Um, yeah, those those big grins and the in the chins. Uh, some of those characters look kind of like orc grunts from from Warcraft too. Um, that one's not as that one's not as uh, as obvious i thought as like the the terran battle cruiser you know making an appearance um but and then the the isometric style the tracks i, I just thought they had a lot of different design elements that looked a lot like a, a an old warcraft 2 or starcraft map and it's yeah it it's almost as if like if it weren't a racetrack you could totally see you know like commanding some troops across it or something yeah zoom in on it yeah i know what you're talking about Got the mountains in the middle, the resources all over the place. Um, do you have anything else to add on on graphics or animation before we? No, move on it's to just music? it's a very good looking game for 1993. Yeah, and I agree. Yeah, it's not so colorful though. Like 
outside of the track itself, it's just basically a black background. You don't really get a lot of, uh, a lot of color there, but I imagine that was a space saving tactic. Yeah. Cause, um, Oh, we didn't get into this in, in controls, but I did find that when there was a lot going on, the game did kind of chug a little bit. If there was a lot of missiles flying or, um, you know, a lot of mines on the track and, and cars, you know, around in that same vicinity on the screen, I thought there was a little bit of slowdown, but that's, that's to be expected. Yeah. You can only process so much on a super Nintendo or a Genesis. Right. Uh, let's talk about music. That's kind of the reason for the season here. That's the that's the whole main point of the game. Without the, the music, it's just a generic racer. Yeah, it's not a generic racer because the two things that you do is race your car and listen to rock and roll music. Friggin' A. So um, in the original, you had 16-bit versions of classic rock songs um, that were um, would play as you um, race, obviously. Um, and here's the, the, we got the track list here. So the first two are, are bad to the bone. We got George, George Thorogood and the destroyers. And then we've got born to be wild by Steppenwolf. And I always, I just laugh cause those are like one, a one B like basic motorcycle dude songs. Yeah. Uh, they they fit culture. perfectly into the, uh, the motif of the whole rock and roll racing game right. style. Um, and then we've got highway star by deep purple. Um, this one, uh, I don't know if everyone will recognize the name, but it's called Peter Gunn. It's by a, a gentleman by the name of Henry Mancini, and it's the song from the Blues Brothers. Um, so it's like, uh, look it up if you if you haven't heard of it. Just type in Peter Gunn into like whatever you use to listen to music, and, and you'll pull it up. You'll instantly recognize it. Um, one of those songs. Yeah. Uh, and then you got Paranoid by Black Sabbath. And this is where things start to diverge because that was the original set list from the SNES version. Yeah. Uh, the Genesis got Radar Love by Golden Earring. And that's, yeah, that's to make the Genesis special. For all the special Genesis kits. That's right. It's a blast processing. We could fit an extra song <laughs> in there. Blast processing. <laughs> what does uh, that even mean? Nothing. Uh, it means that you can have uh, one more song. So, so now we got it. Uh, and that's a, that's a great tune. Um, and then from here, there are three songs that were added um, on the remaster. And it, uh, so all of the songs in the remaster are the actual tracks instead of having a 16 bit version of the song, like kind of a MIDI uh, file of the song, it's actual music, which is really cool. And they added uh, breaking the law by Judas priest they added uh, Red Barchetta uh, from Rush, and then this this song called "Power of the Horde" um, by this band called Elite Terrain Chief, and and we'll get into that a little bit more later. But that's another bonus tune, uh, and it's a pretty cool song. Um, do you have any favorites? Out of that um, I'm personally I'm a Rush fan, so Red Barracuda, but or Barracheta, yeah. sorry. It's, yeah, that's um, a good that's a good one. But in the original game, because again, I played on the Super Nintendo, so Rush wasn't on that. Uh, the Bad to the Bone is the one that I always think of when I play this game. Yeah, you fire it up and it's right in the yeah. right in the the screen. It gets you yeah, all. I'm, I'm kind of curious to see if we get the copyright strike if uh, we use the music from the game. Well, let's hope not. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> that... Episode one fucking wiped. Yeah, <laughs> episode one. We're going to get a slap on the wrist. And welcome to Retrotopia, but with a mustache, a different podcast. You're right. 
Um, I'd have to say, uh, I'm I'm partial to Radar Love. That's a good that's a good tune. I like oh, that of course. song. Genesis from the Genesis Kid, right? Yep. <laughs> I don't even know what that song sounds like. Damn straight. Well, look it up when we're done here. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, the other the other notable thing is that this game had voice acting, or uh, Which was or super rare at the yeah. time. Yeah, or a voice. Um, the only other game I could really think of that was voice acted to this level was like the announcers in an EA Sports game. Yeah, EA Sports. It's yeah. in the game. Now I'm fucking remember that. Or like John Madden and Pat Summerall and, and Madden going, Bow! Oh, yeah. See, I was never a, never a Madden fan there, but NHL 94 I played religiously, and uh, mm-hmm. they, that EA Sports is just burned into my brain. Yep. I can't play an EA game now without hearing that. Right. Even though they don't say that anymore, sadly. But uh, uh, so the announcer is excellent. So like even for a 16 bit game, it's crazy. He's got a whole list of phrases like uh, the stage is set. The green flag drops. And then he's got um, let the carnage begin. And then they're they're like uh, some of the things are are music uh, as I was writing these notes, like this stuff is, is kind of music related. Uh, when you get into first place, they say your character jams into first, which is kind of cool. And if you get into last, you fade into last. Oh yeah. yeah. So that's kind of little music, little music terminology there. I thought was cool. I never noticed that. I guess I was too busy just fading into last. All yeah. The time. <laughs> you were already in last. You didn't yeah. fade into last. You just, uh, you might've heard this one. Uh, it looks lost out there. Is the... <laughs> yeah it was a square i went the wrong way right um so that yeah so those are cool um but they expanded the voice acting in the remaster so with all of the aforementioned uh little turns of phrase that they have for um you know kind of just doing the play-by-play of the race there's also a little bit of color commentary uh and some of these have some nice little blizzard easter eggs that i found very fun um the most notable one was to uh buy high octane vespine gas which is a nice uh starcraft nod um if you'll if you remember like we require more vespine gas one of the resources in that game (laughs) yeah so that was a fun one and then there's uh uh this i think is probably a nod to lost vikings but there was viking mead cola so thick you have to drink it with a fork which i thought was pretty awesome (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i'm just looking up uh the guy who did the remaster uh yeah uh voiceover larry supermouth huffman there yes uh you might recognize his voice from the arena announcer in spider-man 2 a movie with toby Maguire. oh no way yeah yeah he did a lot of like little things but nothing like notable Except for this. Yeah, he was mostly an announcer. I guess he's got the good announcer voice. Yeah, he really does. Um, Especially when he's telling you you have to drink your mead with a fork. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. But his IMDb page uh, features rock and roll racing. That's pretty much his uh, bread and butter there. Yep. So I don't know if they called him back to do more. I would imagine they just got, they said, hey, we're making this remaster. You want to, you want to record some more lines? And oh, yeah. And and he was like, I'm poor. Yes. Yeah, he's got some good ones though. Um, you have anything else on the voice acting that? No, it just that was interesting. Or again, uh, it added to the game, but it got repetitive after a while because yeah, there's only so many things you can fit onto a Super Nintendo or a Genesis cartridge. So yeah, as 
as impressive as it was, uh, it does, you, you do, ha- you can turn them off. So uh, there's at least that. If you get sick of hearing them, I think you can oh, go you into the Oh, you could turn option. them off? Oh, geez, I, I never so. even looked at the settings. Yeah, I think you can, you can turn the announcer down so you can just listen to the jams. Do you remember the game Blades of Steel? I don't know that if I've ever played it, but yes. But, I, okay, in Blades of Steel, it was one of the first games with uh, talking, and it would uh, every time you made a pass or took a shot, there was two lines. Makes the pass, he takes a shot. <laughs> so if you're just like passing back and forth, every time you pass, it goes, he makes a pass, he makes a pass. And if you do it oh. fast enough, he'll re it'll restart. So you can actually get close and be like, mix, 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 mix. And it was just, oh, it was <laughs> hilarious. But after a while, it just starts to grind on you. And you probably couldn't turn that off. No, no. Back in the Nintendo days, you couldn't turn anything off. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I'll have to, I'll have to give that one a try. Um, well, let's talk real quick because um, I want to get into some interesting facts because there were some really cool little uh, pieces of information that I found when I was doing a little extra digging on this game. Uh, we we got to talk about the GBA port. Um, so Rock and Roll Racing was ported over to the GBA by Blizzard. So it was it was Blizzard by this time. Uh, this was in 2003. It's um, I, I tried it just to try it, and it's pretty dog shit. Um <laughs> Graphics aren't crisp. The color looks washed out. It just, you know, maybe it was better. I, you know, like I, I emulated it because um, I'm not going to go find a copy of Rock and Roll Racing just to try it out for five Especially minutes. Especially if it's pretty dog shit, right? Yeah, it's 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 bad. Um, yeah. Sound is not as high quality, which you would expect because it's it's going from, you know, a, a more powerful machine to a handheld. And yeah, I mean, it's serviceable if, if that's the only way you have to play it or the only way you had to play it at the time. But um it, it doesn't beat the original it certainly doesn't beat the remaster so um although one 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 nice thing it did was it replaced the password system with an actual battery save yeah so. and that is a game changer which sucks because battery save technology existed back in the original but they're still using passwords right like a lot of games kind of missed out on that absolutely um so let's get into some some facts uh uh, these these were some things that I just kind of dug up in the in the process of of uh, you know getting my notes together uh, and and I thought I would share them. Uh, so we did talk about Silicon and Synapse. Um, so the game was developed by that company, which was founded, I believe, in 1990 or 1991, um, and the the game was originally published by Interplay. Uh, Silicon and Synapse would become Chaos Studios and then Blizzard Entertainment by the by the uh, I think by 1994. So, so this is the origins of, of Blizzard. Uh, who would eventually and, merge with Activision. Today yeah. we know them as Microsoft Activision Blizzard. Yeah. I prefer to live in the past when it was just Blizzard and they just made every game yeah. was a banger. <laughs> it's going crazy forgetting everything nowadays and living in 1995 would be my dream. Yes. Yeah, that would be great. I'll join you. Um, <laughs> So in the enhanced voice acting from the remaster, the announcer talks like in between the in the in between the races when you're you're kind of back in your menu screen and you can choose to upgrade your car or or advance your race or do whatever. Um, he's talking about each planet, which I thought was interesting, and I was like, this is a lot of really specific information about this planet. He's just going for it. Like this planet was populated by the you know whatever species from zergon 5 and you know whatever 
So those are all read from the original game manual. I actually looked it up and verified. So so they basically like as a nod to the original game with the original manual and everything and that all that original lore sat him down and had him just read through uh, all the planet information that's in the yeah, market. There was no game manual with the re-release when you right. thought it was there. Yeah, so it's, it was a way for them to work in some of that cool lore, and I thought that was just kind of a nice touch. Um, so here here we'll get back to this uh, this bonus track, Power of the Horde. So you remember I mentioned that when we were talking about the music, uh, this this band ETC. Uh, this is this is real interesting. The, the band is comprised of or was, I don't know if they're still around anymore, but they were comprised of blizzard employees. So it was like, um, like a blizzard, uh, house band, I guess of, of employees, including uh, co-founder of blizzard and former CEO, Michael Morhaime. And he played the bass. So that's their, that's their tune, that power of the horde. And that's a nod to Warcraft. I mean, that's, you know, the orcish horde and all that kind of stuff. So I thought that was kind of a nice little, nice little Easter egg and, and nod to, blizzard's history um two more things uh and then and then i think that's all i have uh there was a sequel uh that i did not know about rock and roll racing 2 red asphalt uh was released in 97 by interplay on the playstation uh but it looked like it reviewed and sold pretty poorly yeah and Uh, it was just called red asphalt over in north america was it really? Because I yeah. saw like a cover of it that had the rock and roll racing kind yeah, of. Yeah, that was the European version. Uh, the American version, they dropped the rock and roll racing too, which might yeah, have been it's... a bad choice, honestly. Like rock and roll racing was more notable than Red Asphalt. So, yeah, I wonder if the, I mean, who knows at that point? Um, but you know, I wonder if that name recognition would have would have propelled it a little bit more. But it sounds like it didn't review all the greatest. Um, there were other by that point in time. I mean, you had Twisted Metal, you had Wipeout, you had other other games of that genre that were probably at that point doing it better. Yeah, it was not not a game I even remember the cover of. Like I just looked it up, and it is just absolutely a boring cover. It just says Red Asphalt with funky text and. Yeah. I couldn't even tell you what the game was just by looking at it. Yeah. So that's a bummer. Uh, never really got a true sequel. Um, and then this little interesting uh, factoid in 2013, there was a 3d remake of rock and roll racing and they called it motor rock, which I think probably for um, liability purposes or, or lit- litigious, lit- you know, they didn't want to get sued basically by blizzard <laughs> um it was released on steam but it was an unauthorized remake and was taken down shortly after its release so i don't think it's available anymore uh unless you're able to like find some way to play it but you can find gameplay clips on youtube and i i looked them up um it looks pretty cool i guess like the the 3d um rendering of the courses and the cars and stuff all look pretty cool the voice acting sucks i think it was just some dude that well when you can't license anything yeah just got some dude yelling into a microphone (coughs) beginning of this episode yeah (laughs) (laughs) no but it was just some kid like like they took the lines from the original game but it was just this kid so like play it on mute if you you know are able to find it who knows Yeah, you can find it on youtube i just looked yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting piece. Um, 
So should we uh, should we score this thing and? Yeah, yeah, we'll do. Uh, we're gonna do what we did on the episode zero, and we're gonna do the logical score and how we actually really feel about this game from pure emotion. Yes. Emotions. So uh, <laughs> I'll go first since it's your episode, and yeah. I'm just gonna say logically, I scored this an eight. Uh, the music and the voice acting, like those are tens right there or tens and nines. And that's what really makes this game special, but everything else is very generic. So it just, yeah. it's a good game. It's just not that great. Uh, emotionally, like my personal score, this thing would be a six at best. Really? Okay. Yeah, it, it's the voice acting like, the jump from rookie to veteran is such a high jump in difficulty there that it just it yeah. becomes off-putting. Yeah, I, that that is that kind of um, uh, and well, you know, I'll, I'll give you my score. I also gave it an eight, actually. So, um, but I don't think I would change. I think I think my my logical score kind of matches up with with how I'm feeling about the game too. Um, that difficulty spike is nuts. I, it is. Um, but I think this was one of those things where, you know, as a kid, you would just play it over and over again and, and get good well, at it. You can it. only afford one game at a time. I mean, yeah, it's pretty right. much how I got through most of the games when I was a kid. If you were, if you were renting this for the weekend, unless you had played it, um, before, uh, to a significant extent, I mean, you might you'd beat rookie easily. Um, you might have a little bit of trouble with veteran. And then maybe if like you got lucky and, and your mom lets you rent it again the next weekend, maybe you'd get yeah, a little further along each time. <laughs> that, that was my major like point of like my major uh, sticking point about the game was that rookie doesn't prepare you for veteran. It doesn't ramp up the difficulty to make you better. It just stays at a constant level. And then veteran is just like, well, fuck you. I'm just going to be too hard to play. Yeah. So it just, it's, when you don't have a whole ton of time to, you know, get good, you just sit there and uh, you just put the game down and go move on to something else. Yeah. I think we both mentioned it, you know, in the past when we played this as, as younger, uh, younger men, uh, we definitely at least got to the point where we can, we could get to the, to the battle tracks where we could, we could purchase that vehicle. I think you even mentioned, uh, getting the hovercraft at least once. Yeah, I think I got it once in my life, but it's not something I can confirm or deny. I don't yeah. have proof. Yeah. And it's, and, and I think you're right. Like I, I never actually beat this game, but I think you would really need that. Like the object or the, the winning strategy for the game is to eventually end up with that hovercraft. Cause if, if you're in that warrior uh, difficulty and, and those courses are so littered with garbage that can kill you or slow you down or spin you out, there's no way. Yeah. Absolutely. Unless you can hover over it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They like Yeah, yeah, it just um I guess if uh, you could kind of build up your car to the battle tank for the veteran level maybe, but you start over again when you go to veteran, you're back down to the same two default friggin' cars. Right, yeah. So that's what I mean. Like it doesn't build you up to prepare you for veteran. It just leaves you kind of, you know, on your own. And it's like, well, you figured out how to race against easy opponents. And now here's impossible. Right. Yeah. And it, it's very difficult. So, all right. Do you have anything else? So, so an eight and, and what did you say? Uh, oh, I gave it a six from my gut. 
dropped it to a six from the gut and uh i left it at an eight i know it's it makes for boring uh boring radio but <laughs> i thought i thought my my There's logic matched yeah my logic matched my uh my feelings on this game i i love this game I'd play it again. I've got it on my Switch with the with that remaster. So yeah, I think now that we're done, I don't think I'm ever playing it again. <laughs> Fair enough. Might actually delete the file just so I don't accidentally get tempted. Oh, whoops! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> why am I playing this? <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, well, with that, uh, yeah, I think we can we can wrap it on up. Just remember, uh, dear listener, this is episode one. Um, we'll be doing. Um, different types of episodes yeah we forgot to mention that up top so we'll have uh we'll have game reviews like this and we'll mix in some some top tens uh we've got a a top five bottom five format uh, a history uh format so we'll be mixing it up with some different episode types and and not just doing video game reviews so we we got a lot of a lot of stuff in the pipeline that that i'm pretty excited about yeah and uh so far i think from that uh the first night we've kind of proved a little bit i think uh, this was a pretty good conversation this time yeah, and yeah last time uh, it almost felt robotic at some points but this time i think we had a good flow yeah no no grinder x19 here i'm no robot <laughs> <laughs> it only goes up from here all right That's sam great. um i don't know where to go from here it's up to you it's your show yeah well take it easy i don't have like a i don't have a parting phrase like a catchphrase but uh Shabba-dabba-doo. yeah go play video games <laughs>